everybody. Welcome to Pivot and Thrive. This is your host, Kim Shea. And today, this podcast is being recorded on May 25th, 2022. And I'm going to speak today with David Medansky. He's the anti-diet advocate. And I know we've had people on the show before who've talked about dieting and losing weight, but he comes at it from a very interesting perspective. He's also an international best-selling author of Discover Your Thinner Self, If Not Now, When? Break the Chains of Dieting. He had a pivotal moment when he needed to lose weight for his life, basically to save his own life, and he learned a lot about dieting, and he has nine habits to share with us to reduce weight without dieting. So let's hear what he has to say. I think there's a lot to learn about retirement and dieting and, and overall good health, which we all need to have a happy retirement. Welcome, David, to the podcast. Thanks, Kim, for having me. I appreciate it. Tell me your backstory. How did you get to where you are today? Well, I wasn't always fat for most of my life. I was fit and trim. However, life gets in the way with family yeah. obligations and work responsibilities. And before I knew it, the weight crept up on me. And then July of 2016, my doctor told me based on my lab results and being significantly overweight, I had a 95% chance for a fatal heart attack. Wow. So he gave me two options. He said, lose weight or find a new doctor because I don't want you dying on my watch. So, you know, he, he confronted me and said, look, I've been after you for eight years to lose the weight. You better find a new doctor because you're not doing anything. So normally being in the 95 percentile is a good thing, unless it's a death sentence. Yeah. And so during the next four months, I shed 50 pounds, 25% of my total body weight. Whoa. And I've kept it off over the last six years. And now I feel great, have more energy, more mental clarity, uh, improved my overall health, and I feel a lot better. So that's what I want for other people. And what I did is I started going back to my books from the 1970s by Paul and Patricia Bagg, Richard Simmons, William Dufty, who wrote Sugar Blues, and other people, and reading those books. And then I started reading books from current authors. And what I realized is a lot of current authors were promoting their own products and services. And the people before that in the 70s were just promoting good eating habits and things we all know what to do. We just don't do it. So that's why I wrote the books uh, to help other people. Okay. That's, that's great that you're here to share what you know because there's a lot of information out there and a lot of supplements being sold. Apparently that's not a very regulated industry anyway. So there's just a lot of things that um, for the average person, you, you're just hoping you're going in the right direction. Um, let's, can, if you don't mind, can we go back a little further? I mean, you were always an author? Is that, was that no, your I career? No, I was a, a lawyer. Okay, um, okay. So different. Okay. Yeah, I did divorce work for 13 years. Ah, all right. And then I became a world-class expert at playing casino craps. <laughs> and I wrote six books on that. Really? Yes. And then I shifted into the weight loss. Um, and what I've learned as a lawyer is there are honest and dishonest people. And unfortunately, in the weight loss industry and in the food industry, uh, there's a lot more dishonest people. It's all about making a profit in their bottom line. And in doing research for the books, I learned that the food and weight loss industries pay psychologists and marketing experts millions and millions of dollars to learn how to promote their products and manipulate us to purchasing them. Oh, my gosh. That's so, for example, if something says fat-free, people think, oh, it must be you know healthier for me. 
what they don't tell you is it's loaded with sugar and the sugar actually causes your body to produce the fat that keeps you heavier. Okay, that's interesting, and that's unfortunate that somebody would be messing with people that way. That's sad. Well, it's really the other sad. thing is, think of it this <clears throat> If the diet and weight loss programs work that are advocated by these companies, the companies would be out of business after a few years because people wouldn't be repeating diets over and over and losing the same 10 pounds over and over again. The average person will attempt 126 different diets during their lifetime. Oh, my gosh. So that's why I say diets don't work. And what I advocate is if you want to lose weight, don't go on a diet. Change your diet. Okay. And so there's little things that people can do to improve their eating habits. Yeah, I want to talk about that because I know that's one of the things that you say is uh, you don't you don't need to diet. So how did you do it? How did you – what was your secret? And then – how long did it take well, you to lose the weight that you were setting the goal to lose? The weight loss I did was through HCG, which is a female hormone, and I was on 550 calories a day for six weeks. Oh, my gosh. And that's how I, I lost it that quickly. However, it's not sustainable. And if you are on 550 calories a day without the HCG, then you start burning muscle instead of fat. The oh. HCG tricks the body into burning fat. It's no longer available. Okay. Taking it off the market. Um, the problem with that is I know six other people personally who did the HCG and lost the weight. However, within a year or more, they gained all their weight back. Some gained a lot more back. Again, they didn't change their eating habits. They lost the weight. Diets are temporary, extreme, hard to stick with. And a lot of them are potentially dangerous. And when I asked my doctor about that, he said, well, yeah, I have repeat business. Because I said, 90% of the people who do the HCG regain the weight. Why don't you teach them how to eat healthy and let me help them? And he said, well, that's repeat business for me. So, again, it's all about profit. Rather than helping a person, they address the symptoms and not the underlying issues. Wow. That's that's just sad. I understand what you're saying. I understand it's business. Everyone's got to keep their lights on, but that's really sad to think that that would be the motivation for people because it's health. And I would think insurance companies would love you because you're keeping insurance costs down. And yeah, I've approached them um, unsuccessfully. And again, it would be a win-win for them because people would be healthier and uh, the insurance companies would have less claims filed. Unbelievable. All right. So tell me uh, like, um, if you said this, I apologize. No, you, you lost 50 pounds. So you were 50 pounds overweight. That was your goal, was to lose Correct. 50? Okay. And so then what did you do to change your diet? You, you had this boost with the HCG to help you along, but then you were changing your diet at the same time, or did you wait till you were done with that? The, no, the six I, weeks? I changed it at the same time. Okay. And so what so did you do? So my good eating habits I maintained. First thing I did was start drinking more water. Mm. So the average person is not drinking enough water. And I know that because 75% of the U.S. population is chronically dehydrated. And our bodies are 60 to 70% water, not soda, diet soda, fruit juices, or fruit-flavored beverages. And there's a direct correlation with people being overweight because 72% of the U.S. adult population is overweight. And what happens is a lot of times when we're thirsty, we, or we think we're hungry, we're actually thirsty. 
Mm-hmm. And so if you drink more water, number one, you're hydrating. Number two, uh, you feel less hungry. So you're not always looking to eat something. Um, I get in arguments with clients because they think diet soda with zero calories won't cause weight gain. And it, it does. It has the aspartame in it, which is the artificial sweetener. And aspartame has 92 known side effects, of which weight gain is one of them. And people are like, well, how does something with zero calories cause weight gain? And there's two reasons it does. One, it blocks your ability for your body to absorb vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. So your body goes into starvation mode. And now it's fighting like crazy to keep the weight on because that's what it does. It's survival. The other thing with the aspartame is it increases your craving for sweetness. So you may not have the calories with the soda or diet soda, but then you're going to go out and want a candy bar or ice cream or something that has a lot of sugar in it. The other thing is people drink a lot of Starbucks and the average Starbucks vent they drink, I call them the foo-foo drinks, has between 65 and 75 grams of sugar. Well, if you're a female, you only need 25 sugar grams of sugar a day. And if you're a male, you need about 30, 35 grams of sugar. So people are getting more sugar in one Starbucks drink than they need for the entire day. And some people are having two or three of those for an entire day. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So So drinking more water is one thing. Eliminating the soda, the diet soda, the fruit juices is another. People think orange juice is healthy. It's not. It's a marketing gimmick. Uh, It takes four to eight medium oranges to make a glass of orange juice. Mm -hmm. That's how much sugar people are putting in their bodies with none of the other fiber or nutrients. So I usually ask people, would you eat four to eight oranges at one sitting? And most people would say no. Yeah. And so I think that's how much sugar you're getting. So you're better off just eating the orange. Yes. But then you got to peel it. You know, <laughs> you know how people are. So yeah, exactly. We get lazy. Yeah. How about how about coffee and tea? If it's not the, it's called the foo foo drink. Is that is that an acceptable uh, thing? Or? Is, yeah, it's it's acceptable. I drink black coffee in the morning. That's okay. And I drink right. herbal tea as long as it's unsweetened. Okay. Um, if you want to sweeten your coffee, you can put ground cinnamon in it. Mm. Cinnamon is a metabolism booster. Oh, double bonus then. Okay. So when I make oatmeal, I use the um, organic rolled oats or steel cut oatmeal. And I'll throw in some chopped walnuts and I'll use uh, the ground cinnamon as the sweetener instead of maple syrup or Mm. or honey or sugar. So those little things. And people should avoid instant oatmeal because it's nutritionally deficient after they process it. it. It's not worth eating. Yeah, well, once you have the real thing, it's really quite a difference in texture and everything, too, if you have the real exactly. meal. Um, so how rigid is your diet? It's not. Okay. I'm flexible. Um, everything in moderation. So I'll have a scoop of ice cream every once in a while. I won't eat a pint of ice cream like I used to, or I used to go through a half a gallon of Breyers Mint Chocolate Chip. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, so I, I don't do that. You know, it's a treat. Um, I'll still have a piece of pecan pie or pumpkin pie. However, I'll take a sliver instead of a full slice. And we go to Cheesecake Factory, so I'll get a piece of the uh, chocolate cake. However, what I used to eat in one sitting would not last me four or five days. Okay. So I don't tell people you have to give up everything completely. It's just reduce it and, and watch what you're consuming. And then, you know, speaking of cheesecake, people think the salads there are healthy. They're not. 
they can have anywhere from 1,100 to 2,000 calories because it's all the extras they put on the salad dressing, which are a lot of oil and fat-based. Mm-hmm. It's the croutons, the sunflower seeds, the cheeses, everything else that's added to it. Um, people usually ask me, what do I order when or get at the Cheesecake Factory? And I, I usually get the uh, lettuce uh, Asian tacos. It's 450 calories, and it fills me Sounds up. Sounds good, too. And again, I drink a lot of water. You know, before I'll have two two glasses of water before, you know, they bring the meal. That's that's smart. And then, like you said, you're staying extra hydrated, too. So you probably never have a problem with a urinary tract infection, which is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so you're not so rigid, but um, how hard was it for you to make that switch? I mean, I know the thing for a lot of people is if it's for vanity, then maybe your motivation is not so strong to stick with the diet because... Yeah, you'd like to lose those extra pounds, but that cake is staring at you. So, but if it's your health, like with you, you, you really had no choice. It was either lose the weight or be prepared to have a heart attack or die. So, um, but how hard was it for you to go from a lifestyle? It sounds like you ate whatever you wanted to eat to now being, um, you know, very disciplined. How hard was that for you? Actually, I was surprised it wasn't that hard. Once I made the decision that I wasn't going to eat Hershey bars or Snicker bars or M&Ms, I haven't had any of that stuff since July of 2016. Oh, boy. Um, I, I just choose not to indulge. I make a healthy choice. So it's not that I'm sacrificing or um, foregoing something. I'm making a decision not to have it. So it's not that I can't have it. It's just I don't have it. And the way I look at it is... Uh, someone who's allergic to nuts, they don't make an exception. They just don't eat nuts. True. Um, you know, if you're a vegetarian, you're not going to eat a hamburger because yeah. you don't eat meat. Yes. So I just made some rules for myself that I don't eat candy. You know, I, I don't touch Pringles potato chips. I was addicted to them. I go through a whole canister and still crave more. Mm. And what I learned is that the food manufacturers have been scientifically engineering our food for the last 35 to 40 years to optimize our cravings for fat, salt, sugar, and texture. So they make us addicted to it so that you're never satisfied. And that's why sometimes you go through a whole canister of Pringles or a whole bag of M&Ms, even a palm bag of M&Ms, and you're still craving more. You don't feel full. Yeah. And that's because the food is scientifically engineered to do that. Mm. I've always noticed that it seems like a lot of food is just slightly under seasoned so that it's not enough. So you, you keep wanting more. If you tone it down just a little bit, then you keep eating more because you want that flavor. So uh, it's interesting that it's so deliberate, you know, to try and, and the other thing is I focus on the foods that I do enjoy that okay. are healthy. So I look forward to having an apple. I look forward to eating a banana. Um, sometimes I'll slice up the banana and throw it into the oatmeal after it's cooked. Um, little things like that, you know, I, I look forward to eating the eggs or making an, you know, omelet with it. So there's, there's things you can do. Um, I like bread. However, I choose not to eat the bread except for Ezekiel bread, mm-hmm. which is sprouted grain. If you buy bread that's on the store shelf and put in your pantry for six months, you can open it six months later and look just as fresh as the day you bought it because of all the preservatives and chemicals in there. With the Ezekiel bread, you have to refrigerate or freeze it. Otherwise, it goes bad after a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, I've bought that before, and it is a very healthy bread, I know. so. Um, and it tastes good, too. Yeah, it does. It's good bread. Um, do, you, do, do you have a problem? Like, I know sometimes when people are, are um, trying to lose weight, it, it doesn't even matter how heavy the person is. Everybody wants to feed that person. They really, oh, here, just have a little bit. Oh, please just try a little bit of this. Did you have any of that? Did you have pushback from people where they just want you to, to eat, or did everybody respect you immediately? Because I, I notice people don't do that with, with plant-based eaters. If they say, I don't eat meat, no one's like, oh, please, you got to try some of this burger. People just leave them alone. But with food and people losing weight, people just want people to eat. I, they do. The people say, hey, a little won't hurt you. And it's like, no, it won't hurt me, but it'll cause me to gain weight. So I'll say little phrases like, well, there's more for you. <laughs> I like or, that. Or it looks better on you than me. Or better in the trash than on my ass. <laughs> and, you know, in the books, I talk about, you know, little phrases you can use. Um, for example, during the holidays, just tell people, look, I appreciate that you've gone through the trouble and expense to prepare this nice meal and, and the sweets and desserts. However, I am on a restricted diet, and I hope you will appreciate that I'm not allowed to have this at mm. this time. And if you present it that way, then the host should understand. And they don't know why you're on a restricted diet. In fact, I use that line a lot at restaurants. So I met a girl who lost 125 pounds, and she said before she goes to restaurants, she'll look at a menu to see what she's going to order ahead of time so she can see what she can eat. And I said, I don't even have to look at a menu. And she says, why? I said, I just tell the server, I'm on a restricted diet. I'd like to order grilled chicken or a piece of fish or a piece of you know filet and a side of you know broccoli or asparagus or green beans. And that's it. And 100% of the time, even when we're in Rocky Point, Mexico, the server always says, okay, and they accommodate. In fact, a lot of times they'll come back, can we put this on it for seasoning or list for oil so it doesn't stick? And I, yeah, that's fine. Nice. But if you do that, then you're ordering what you want. The other thing is our food portions have been supersized, and we don't realize yeah. it. In the 1900s, the average size dinner plate was 9 inches in diameter. Today, it's 12 inches. Yet in Europe, it's still 9 inches. Also, at restaurants, the average serving size platter is between 13 and 15 inches. So what I tell people is, whatever you order, get you know to-go box for it. Put half in it to go uh-huh, and just eat the rest. And that way, you're getting the right amount of you know, proportion that you should eat. And you're getting two meals for the price of one, so you're saving money. Or sometimes my wife and I will split an entree because she doesn't eat very much. So are you counting calories? Do you ever weigh your food? Or do you just you no. know what the right proportion is? Like, like how do you know that you're getting enough? Um, there's little tricks you can do. So like protein should be the palm of your hand if your hand is open. Um, oil should be the, the amount of your thumb. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, a closed fist is how much... Um, vegetables you should have so there's little things really if you're eating healthy you shouldn't have to worry about calories okay um for example calories are misleading that's again it's another myth out there because not all calories are created equal an apple medium-sized apple is about 100 calories however it takes your body 25 calories to digest and process it Mm -hmm. so it's a net of 75 calories okay a Hershey bar is 125 calories. It takes your body zero calories to process and has no nutritional benefit. 
So if you eat an apple versus a Hershey bar, the calories are similar, but very different for how your body absorbs it and the nutritional value. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. And then the other thing is, you know, you can eat a pint of blueberries, which is about 100 calories. It's hard to eat that many blueberries at one sitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, cherries are great. They're coming into season now. It's low glycemic. Uh, it's a great finger food. And you have to eat them slowly because they have pits in it. Yeah, some more work. Exactly. So little things like that, um, little tricks. Um, there's not much difference between fresh and frozen fruits and vegetables. People think that fresh is better. It, it, it's not necessarily. So a lot of times I'll get the frozen berries at uh, Costco. Because they're they're organic and they're inexpensive, and throw with some you know plain Greek yogurt. Mm. Uh, and again, not one size fits all as far as eating habits. Uh, some people prefer dairy, some don't. Some like beef, some don't. Some like fish, some don't. Some like chicken, some don't. So find out what you like, and if it's healthy for you, focus on that. And you'll find that if you're eating you know healthy, you'll be satisfied, especially if you're drinking enough water. That's the key. That's the number one factor I tell people is drink more water. The other thing is to get adequate sleep. Okay. Uh, A lot of people don't realize to lose one pound of weight, you need to reduce your caloric intake by 500 calories a day for an entire week. However, if you're sleep deprived, most people will consume an extra 500 calories during the day. Just because they're awake? And also they're sleep deprived. Okay. They haven't given their body enough rest. Um, so if you get adequate sleep, now you can, you know, reduce your caloric intake. The other thing is, uh, based on nutritional fact labels, the average person, uh, they base it on 2,000 calories a day, mm-hmm. but the average American consumes 3,600 calories a day. And that's an average. Wow. So it's a lot more calories than people think. And it's not just the calories, it's the sugar intake, mm-hmm. the sodium intake, um, the chemicals they put in the food. So when you start reading labels and start seeing what's in there, you don't really want to eat it. And when you start eating more fresh fruits and vegetables um, as your diet, other foods won't taste as good. I've had clients who have been off soda for you know six, seven months and will have a soda and they say it doesn't taste good so they won't drink it because mm. your taste buds change. Yeah, I have noticed that, or it's all of a sudden it's too sweet and, you know, maybe a sip or two and you're good because it's just, it's too much. It, it is interesting yeah. how it does, it does take time. I, I drink a smoothie every day that's got a lot of nutritious stuff in it and um, I've tried to get my family to try it. I know I've, I've had a lot of health benefits ever since I started at about 18, actually been about two years now. And um, they, oh, it's, it's yucky, it's yucky. They don't want to, they don't want to taste it, like, but you you learn, you learn to like it, and you learn to appreciate. There's a, there's more subtle sweetnesses in the world than candy, and so you learn to pick up on these more subtle flavors. You, your body gets trained. It takes time. but um, it, it does, and that's the key is the time. Um, what happens is people don't give themselves on that time. They, they listen to the national brand, say, lose you know, 15, 20, 30 pounds of first month guaranteed. Mm. Uh, you may lose the weight. It's not sustainable. You won't keep it off. Or you have to be on their products for the rest of your life, which is chemical-based. Um, so I tell people, would you like to weigh 24 to 48 pounds lighter by this time next year? And most people say, okay. If you lose two, three, four pounds a month, 
Not a week, a month. Most people say, I could do that. Well, on average, because your body's going to have certain plateaus where it won't lose any weight. But on average, if you lose two, three, four pounds a month consecutively for 12 months, that's 24 to 48 pounds lighter by this time next year. What's happening is most people are gaining 5 to 10 pounds a year. And after 5 or 10 years, they're 25 to 50 pounds heavier. Yeah. It's easy to do. Yeah, the other thing is talking about smoothies. I, I do make, you know, a protein drink. And what I do is I get the organic uh, cacao powder. Mm-hmm. And cacao is similar to cocoa. It's just processed differently. Oh, okay. And so that's how I get my chocolate fix. Yeah. And I throw it into the, you know, the smoothie. I take my blender bottle and just shake it up with the protein powder and some other things I throw in there. And, you know, it's a, it's a great... Um, snack or it's a great meal replacement and that way get adequate protein too yeah those are nice and there's differences in protein um people need to realize that too because i had one client um she needed to lose weight for hip replacement Mm -hmm. and she said she's taking a protein powder and i said what kind of protein is and she goes it's whey based i said that's the wrong type and she says what do you mean i said well most bodybuilders will use a whey based protein for muscle gain and putting on weight. Ah. You need a plant-based protein for weight loss. So she switched to a protein I recommended to her. Um, and she lost 19 pounds within three weeks. Wow. We, okay. That's, that's interesting. That's, that's interesting to know about, about that. So, um, so what, what is a protein that you would recommend a plant-based? Um, I like the garden of Eden, uh, their protein based, uh, Truvani, uh, T-R-U-V-A-N-I protein uh, is plant-based. Uh, Pharmanex has a plant-based protein. Okay. Thank you. Uh, now, Pharmanex also has a um, meal replacement. I do not recommend that only because it has whey in there. Oh, okay. So I avoid whey, which is a milk product. It's a milk product. Okay. Yeah. I, I avoid dairy except for three things. I'll have ice cream every once in a while. Um, I like my plain Greek yogurt. Mm-hmm. And I, I check to make sure there's, you know, little or no sugar in it and made with whole milk instead of skim milk. And then I eat raw cheese occasionally. Mm, okay. It's, so you get a lot of nutrition. It's expensive, but it tastes really good. Yeah. So you eat it slower and less of it. Okay. And you're getting all, a lot of nutrition that way, I imagine. Yeah. And the other thing is we, we eat too fast, so we need to slow down. Um Mark David wrote a book called The Slow Down Diet, and what he recommends in there is that uh, you take 5 or 10 minutes for breakfast, give yourself 10 or 15, and at a minimum, give yourself 30 minutes for lunch and 30 minutes for dinner. That's nice. And, you know, again, we're all eating at our desk or in front of our computers or while we're driving or watching TV, and I call it mindless eating because you'll look and the sandwich is gone yeah. or the candy is gone It's we're gone through a bag of, you know, chips or, or cookies and it's like where did it go because you weren't focusing on the food you're focusing on the other things you were yeah. involved in yeah well and as a person who likes to cook it's always upsetting when i spend like an hour to an hour and a half preparing a meal and people sit down and in 10 minutes it's gone like ah it's all that work to be consumed in 10 minutes so it's nice when people sit at yeah. the table and linger and talk and take their time picking at things as opposed to scarfing it down well, the other thing is if you use a salad plate instead of a dinner size plate, 
it's an optical illusion on portions. If you put the exact amount of portions on each plate, mm-hmm. on the salad plate, it looks like you're getting more. And on a dinner size plate, it'll look like you're doing less. That's smart. Yeah. It's a good tip. And, and so I use a salad plate. The other thing is I use a blue plate whenever possible because blue is an appetite suppressant. Oh, okay. Red and yellow are appetite stimulants. Mm-hmm. That's why McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Denny's, KFC, all those fast food, Carl's Jr., all use um, red and yellow. Oh, markings. yeah. Yeah. That's very, that's the common denominator. Okay. That's interesting. I noticed, um, and this may just be my local uh, restaurant, The Habit. I don't know if you have that out where you are. It's a hamburger place. It started up in Northern California and worked its way down. It's very popular. And theirs was red and white, too. And all of a sudden, they switched to blue. I was really surprised they redid their interior of the restaurant all in blue. So that's wow. unusual for a burger joint. Yeah, I was surprised about that. But I'm Yeah, because In-N-Out also is from California originally. And red and white. I believe. Yeah. Red and white, mm-hmm. yeah, with yellow, yeah, or yeah, yeah. It's a, a typical in a classic diner colors there. Interesting. Um, how can you talk about drinking water all the time? How much water do you drink? Do you do the eight glasses of eight ounces a day, or what? How do you know if you're getting enough water? Well, at a minimum, you should have sixty-four ounces of pure water. Okay, and I say pure water because there's a difference between a lot of the waters out there now, and people are like, "Well, what is pure water?" can be different things depending on which expert you talk to. For example, Paul and Patricia Bragg recommend distilled water as pure water. Jack LaLanne, who was a student of Paul Bragg, says drink spring water. He says avoid the the distilled water. So you have two different experts saying two different things. And then Dr. David Freeman recommends reverse osmosis water if it's with a six-stage filtering process. So I tell people it doesn't matter if it's distilled water spring water or reverse osmosis water, whichever you enjoy and prefer, use that. Uh, just avoid the flavored waters at the store. Avoid Aquafina or Desante. Uh, those are Coca-Cola and PepsiCo products. Mm-hmm. And the um, they're not regulated as much as municipal water. And you should never drink municipal tap water. Oh, interesting. Because there's a lot of chemicals in there. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that about those other waters. Um, I, yeah. And the other, so asking how much water I drink, I, I depending on what I'm doing, I, I drink a minimum of one half of my body weight. So, for example, I don't weigh 200 pounds, but if you someone weigh 200 pounds, they should drink at least 100 ounces of water. Okay. Okay. It's a general rule of thumb. The other thing is if you're physically active or exercising, then you need to drink more water. So what I do is the first thing in the morning I get up, I drink a 20-ounce glass of water. And then I have a cup of black coffee, and then I'll have another 20-ounce glass of water. And I usually have about 80 ounces of water before noon. Wow. Okay. That's that's really healthy. I'm sure your, your yeah. cells mm-hmm. are all very happy. <laughs> yeah, when I go to the doctor's office, she, the office manager and PA, they're always like, you're probably the most hydrated person we know. <laughs> That's really great. Uh, I, I would like to share, if you don't mind, I, when you talk about pure waters, I, somebody turned me on to distilled water a couple of years ago. And I've had a problem with restless legs my whole life since I was a teenager. It's always been a thing. It's very annoying. My kids would talk if I was falling asleep on the couch, and my kids would say, Mom, you're doing it again, because my legs would be kicking very, very visibly. 
And I started drinking the distilled water because I just wanted to try it. I heard it was good for you. And it occurred to me after three or four days, like, I don't have restless legs anymore. And that has been a huge benefit of drinking the distilled water. So I get that delivered. But um, that, that those are gone. Those have been gone for a couple of years now. That's really a nice oh, that's perk great. not to have that. Yeah. Yeah, I was drinking distilled water for about 40 years. Mm. And then I switched to reverse osmosis okay. because during COVID, the price of the gallon of water went from 89 cents to $2. And I thought, okay, this is getting a little bit expensive yeah. now because of how much water I'm drinking. So I put in the reverse osmosis into the house. Um, and so I drink that. My preference is distilled water. I used to have a water distiller, in fact. Really? Okay, wow. Well, it's yeah. good you're investing in all this stuff because you're investing in your health. Well, you can either invest in your health or you can invest in taking care of your, you know, illnesses. Later, yeah. You know, you know, people don't realize the food that we're eating, um, it's toxic. However, it's not immediately noticeable. So we're slowly poisoning ourselves. Mm. And it builds up after 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Then it's, it's, our bodies are accumulating it. And if you don't get rid of it, that's when you start having the issues. So type 2 diabetes, if you're over age 50, you have an 80% probability you're either a type 2 diabetic or pre-diabetic. And if you're pre-diabetic, you'll be a full diabetic within seven years if you do not change your eating habits. Oh, wow. That's mind-blowing. Um, more people are dying now from being overweight and food-related issues than from smoking. So... People don't look at it that way because they like the instant gratification. Sure. They like, you know, being comforted. Um, people are like, well, what's the number one reason people are overweight? I used to think it was stress and stress eating. Makes sense. However, I was talking to a, another doctor and he said, no, it's convenience. And that made more sense because it's easier to go through the drive through It's easier to order uh pizza and have it delivered it's easier to get a frozen meal pop it in the microwave it's easier and more convenient to get a bucket of chicken mm -hmm. you know fried chicken than to go and buy the chicken and, and you know bake it or grill it right so when you think of it um it's convenience now and if you look at it this way in the 1990s the average grocery store had 15,000 products on average Okay. Today it's over fifty thousand. Wow. So I don't know about you, Kim. I haven't heard that many new fruits, vegetables, <laughs> berries, or nuts being discovered in that time no. period. And if you look at the store shelves, it's all the different variations of the sodas, the fruit flavored yeah. waters, the nachos, the Cheetos, the cookies, the pretzels. Even now at, at Sprouts they have different flavored cashews. Oh yeah. You know. So it's not just, you know, roasted and salted. It's all these other flavors they're adding, which are chemicals. Yeah. Uh, I think um, it is interesting. We just don't realize it. And I think in this country we have so much variety, and that is part of the, part of the problem. So if you're eating beans and rice and tortillas every day, they're not exciting, so you're going to eat what you need to eat to, you know, keep your energy well, up and, and then keep going. But in this country... There can be a new yeah. taste explosion every single day if you want to. So you're going to eat as much of it as you can because it just tastes so good. It's hard. What's interesting is the blue zones. I yes, don't know if you're very familiar, familiar with, with blue that. zones. Yeah. 
Okay, so five different regions around the world where people have longevity and good health. Mm-hmm. Both, yeah. What Dan Butner, who wrote the book about blue zones, um, indicated that those five areas, they have 25 ingredients for their entire oh, diet. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you can enjoy life with a limited diet mm-hmm. and still be very healthy. Yeah. And a lot of them do drink red wine every day with a meal. So one or two glasses of red wine is healthy for you. Yeah. Well, and plus there's, I mean, there's a, there's an element of fun and pleasure knowing that you're taking good care of yourself and that you're living in good health. So yeah, you could say, well, I'm missing out if I'm not getting that big Taco Bell drive through pack, but you know, what's the cost? So I, I find it very energizing to eat well. It makes me very happy to come home from the farmer's market with a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, and I buy a chicken and eggs from a local source, and it makes me really happy to do yeah. that. And just, uh, just, uh, and I'm sure a lot of it's just psychological, but it just makes me really happy to, to eat that kind of food, to know that I'm doing that for well, my body. It's psychological because you're getting the right nutrients for your brain, and you know, you're not addicted to the, uh, the sugar and the chemicals. And speaking of eggs, people are being misled. Um, they don't know the difference between, you know, range-free, cage-free, yeah. uh, and pasture eggs. And so if you get eggs, make sure they're pasture eggs because that means that the hens forage for their food. They go outside and they eat the bugs, the worms, the grass. If it's cage-free or range-free, it just means that the hens are allowed to go outside but it doesn't mean they do go outside. And a lot of times on the carton, it'll say um, grain-fed or special feed. Well, you want to avoid that because that's soy and corn Yeah, for this. Which they wouldn't naturally so, eat. You know, exactly. So people think they're, you know, a cage-free egg is, you know, healthy when it's not. Uh, the other thing is, you know, pasture eggs may cost, you know, six, seven dollars a carton. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, that's expensive. Well, it's about 50 or 60 cents for an egg. How much do you spend for a breakfast meal at McDonald's or Burger King? Yeah. You know, one of their sandwiches. And the other thing is the fast food places, you know, offer you buy one, get one free. And when they did that, I used to buy the, you know, buy one, get one free and eat both sandwiches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't do that anymore. Yeah. I avoid doing that. Um, and again, it's little things to reduce our portions. Eat slower because you'll be fuller and drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you eat less. Um, yeah, it, it all makes sense. It's just, it is a mind shift for people. Um, the other thing is, you know, with retirement and everything, uh, you know, I'm 67. I'm planning to hike Kilimanjaro in a couple of weeks. That is, I leave June that 4th is incredible. Back to 18th. And I had a high school classmate reach out to me a couple of years ago. And she was saying she wanted um, a copy of one of my novels that I wrote. And I said, great, I'll, I'll send it to you. She was, was going to start the cabbage soup diet. I said, no, you're not. I'm going to help you. And she goes, well, I do it every year. I said, yes, you don't need to do it every year. We're, you know, I'll show you what to do. Um, and we were talking, and she goes, you know, you're planning to do all these activities. You go to Rocky Point, you're traveling, you're doing this, you're hiking. She goes, I'm planning on dying. She goes, I need an attitude adjustment to start planning on living. Oh. I said, yes, you do. So she changed her attitude. She lost 45 pounds. Her goal was 35. But her body just kept going because that's what, you know, her ideal weight yeah. was going to be. Uh, she had more energy. She felt better. And she just changed her whole outlook. So instead of looking, you know, 
dreading you know, what was around the corner. It's like, now she looks forward. That's beautiful. Uh, to doing things. Look what you've done. That's amazing. That's really. Yeah. Nice. And that's what I want for other people. I mean, you know, people have grandkids. They want to be more physically active with them, you know, or with their kids. Instead of being a spectator, you can be a participator. Mm-hmm. And you just are more mentally alert. You feel better. And uh, instead of being cranky and grouchy, you're, you're more nicer and, <laughs> you know, more mellow. And, you know, people want to be around you instead of getting away yeah. from you. Yeah, that, and that's no fun. Um, so I want to ask you, um, did you find any, any good diets when you were doing all your research on diets? Was there any that you felt like, well, this one's not bad, even if it's not the one you chose? Is there anything you found that seemed like it was a good way if somebody needs that kind of rigid structure or step-by-step is there anything the there is one diet and it's not really a diet it's a lifestyle and that's the mediterranean diet Mm. and mediterranean diet's been voted number one best diet for the last five or six years and again if you look at it it's not really a diet and there's a difference between dieting and diet if you say you're on a diet it means you're restricting your food intake for either reducing weight or health issues. Mm -hmm. However, if you ask somebody, what is your diet as far as eating, it has a different meaning because that's the food you're actually consuming. So the Mediterranean diet is the type of foods that people are eating. It's a lifestyle. You're not restricting yourself or limiting yourself or um, avoiding certain healthy foods. So I'm against the keto diet because mm. they're finding there's a lot of um, long-term negative effects from people who have been on it for a long time. On a short term, all diets will work. Yeah. The problem is they're not sustainable. And 90% of people who lose weight on a diet gain it back within a year, some even more. Mm. So what I teach people is if you look at a, a diet as a sprint, a sprint has a finish line. A diet has a goal. When you reach that goal, people revert back to their old eating habits. So if you look at changing your diet as a lifestyle and think of it as a marathon, except in this marathon, there's no finish line. You just keep mm. going and going like the Energizer bunny rabbit. And so that's the difference is if you change your eating habits and make it a new lifestyle and do it based on things you enjoy then you're going to keep doing it as opposed to forcing yourself to eat things you don't enjoy or don't like, because then you won't keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And um, that's a good way to look at it too. It's a marathon, Um, but a good marathon, a really good marathon, not one you're going to be tired. You're going to be energized by it. So how how about um, intermittent fasting? Have you looked into that one at all? Yes. Talk about that a lot. There's different types of intermittent fasting. Um, intermittent fasting can mean anywhere from three to four hours with no food to several days. Um, fasting has been around for thousands of years. It's done for religious purposes. Uh, Muhammad, Buddha, Jesus all did it. Mm-hmm. Um, intermittent fasting is important. Um, I always say if you're going to do an extended fast, which is three days or longer, it should be medically supervised. Okay. So that's one thing. And intermittent fast can be anywhere from 12 to 16 hours, depending on who you ask. So most people can do an intermittent fast um, 
fairly easily. If you stop eating at seven o'clock at night, and most people go to bed at 10 o'clock, about three hours, you know, before you go to bed, and your first meal is breakfast, which means to break the fast, and you have that at nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, that's, you know, 12, 13, 14 hours that your body hasn't taken in food. Now, water is important. So that's why when I get up, first thing I do is drink, you know, 20 ounces of water to rehydrate. So most people can do that. And you can build up to it gradually. You know, if you want to eat at, you know, 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning, do that and just extend it as you become more accustomed to it. However, um, people don't realize our body needs time to process and clean itself. So two analogies I use is think of a sink with dirty dishes and you never wash the dishes and it keeps piling up and piling up and it's overflowing. Now you have bugs and debris and all sorts of bad stuff. Well, that's going on in your gut and your system because you're not giving your body time to clean itself. Or think of a lawnmower where if you don't clean the undercarriage from the wet grass, the blade's working harder and harder to cut the grass. And that's what your body's working harder and harder you know, to maintain itself. So if you give it time to, you know, rest and process the food, you'll be much healthier. Okay. Um, and it's not a hard and fast rule. You don't have to do it every day. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to go out for dinner with friends at 8 or 9 o'clock at night, not a big deal. If you're going to eat breakfast at 6 in the morning because you're going somewhere, you have to be there early. Again, not a big deal. Um there's also a difference between time-restricted eating. Um, some people will restrict their meals between a four- or six-hour period. Uh, I don't advocate that. If it works for you, great. If not, you have to figure out what's going to be best for your body and for yourself. And again, not one size fits all. And the example I use is Eskimos. They don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables. So they've had to adjust their diet based on what's available in their environment. So that's why I tell people, you know, if you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. If you don't want to eat, you know, fruits and vegetables, don't eat fruits and vegetables. There's differences. I'm more of a plant-based, you know, person. Um, The one thing I do avoid is the imitation um, beef and chicken and and fish. Mm, Um, I don't eat the Impossible Burger or Beyond Burger because even though it's plant-based, it's also loaded with a lot of chemicals. And when you see what's actually in there, you realize it's more harmful than eating the actual mm-hmm. stuff. So little things like that. And again, that's marketing manipulation. Yeah. They say, oh, it's plant-based. must be healthy for you. No, it's not. Yeah. I think the same thing Oreo with the cookies. butter. Yeah. Oreo cookies and potato chips are plant-based. <laughs> yes, they are. yes, they are. <laughs> Oreo cookies are more addicting than cocaine. I don't know, but I, when I, I grew up in a house, we weren't allowed to have that just because my grandfather was the vice president of Mother's Cookies. So we weren't allowed to have oh, okay. or anything from Nabisco. So that was like the dark side in our house. Well, what's interesting, I've been watching a little bit of the um, uh, History Channel on the foods that built America. Mm-hmm. And you know they've changed the ingredients from what, was initially in the foods back in the 50s and 60s to what it is now. I won't name specific companies, but when you look at those companies, back then they were using wholesome ingredients, and they figure out ways to use chemicals. 
For example, Olean um, is a cholesterol reducer, and that's what's in fat-free products. Mm. And it started out as Olestra, and there were so many negative side effects for Olestra that they had put warning labels on the food products. Well, Procter & Gamble didn't like that because it was hurting their you know, sales. Sure. So they persuaded the um, FDA to approve Olestra, which they did, and started out as a drug. Again, a cholesterol-reducing drug. Um, and But there was so much negativity already to the Olestra, Procter & Gamble changed the name of Olestra to Olean. It's, it's amazing. And Olean is banned in several countries, in Europe and Canada and China, yet it's still legal here. Well, that part's not surprising. <laughs> so it's sad. So though. again, you know, it's, it's manipulation. So again, be careful, you know, read the ingredients. People don't look at the nutritional fact labels mm-hmm. properly. They read, you know, the big print, which is the calories, the amount of sugar, the protein, the sodium. They don't read the fine print, which is the ingredients. And they make it small intentionally because they don't want people reading what's in there. Yeah. Just eat it. Just buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's up to you to be your own advocate for your own health. It's really the bottom line. You need to care enough about yourself to take good care of yourself and read and learn. It's unfortunate yeah, we have to do is, that. Yeah, 70% of people that were in hospitals before COVID were there because of food-related issues. Oh, boy. That's a big statistic. So, you know, again, if people think it's expensive to eat healthy, it's really not. It's more expensive, the, the fast foods and the mm-hmm. um, convenience foods. But if you think that if you have a heart attack, it'll cost you about $20,000 out of pocket after insurance wow. for a hospital stay. Okay. Um, you can buy a lot of food that's healthy for you. For yeah, you sure can. Not to mention the work you're going to miss and things like that. They're also going to cost you money. So Yeah, when you talk about weight loss, if you don't want to do it for yourself, do it for your loved ones. Do it for your kids or grandkids or your spouse. You're, if you're a business owner, do it for your employees. Mm-hmm. If something happens to you, who's going to take care of everybody? Yeah. You know, people rely on you. So um, do it for other people if you're not going to do it for yourself. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Um, yeah, you have to find a reason. Whatever's going to motivate you. Jeez, just do it. Um, let me ask you, we talked about that you would have uh, nine habits to reduce your weight. Do you, and we, I'm sure we've touched on almost all of them. Is that something you can list out for us? Sure. Uh, one of the ones we did not talk about was walking. Okay. Uh, walking is a great form of exercise or physical activity. And you don't have to walk uphill or very fast, just a moderate walk for about 30 minutes to an hour. In fact, Rebel Wilson lost 77 pounds walking. Okay. Wow. And another um, actress, Mindy, I forgot her last name. Uh, she lost a lot of weight by walking. What she does, instead of taking, when she gets a 10-minute break, instead of doing Instagram or texting people, she'll go for a 10-minute walk, and she'll do that four or five times a day. So you can break it up, and she's getting 40 to 50 minutes oh, of physical activity. All right. Good to know. So you don't have to you know, worry about doing it all at one time. Um, so that's important. The other thing is drink more water, eat slower, reduce portion sizes, get adequate sleep, uh, focus on your food to avoid mindless eating, uh, keep a positive mental attitude. 80% of our thoughts are negative. Imagine if we t- changed it to be 80% positive. Wow. Yeah. 
and uh, do the intermittent fasting. Give your body time to rest in between meals. Okay. All right. Thank you for all of that. I really appreciate it. What's next for you besides Mount Kilimanjaro? I'm working on another book called Stop Dieting, Start Thinning. Nice. Uh, because people want to be thinner uh, as opposed to being thin. And just because a person is thin doesn't mean they're healthy. True. Could be many reasons True. why they're, you know, thin. Um, so I want to create a new movement to oppose the disrupt the diet and weight loss industries. Uh, again, people can eat healthier and foods they like. Uh, so a lot of times I ask them, well, why are you eating a certain thing or a certain way? And it's how their parents taught them. Mm. So a lot of times we eat it at a certain time or eat certain foods or prepare it a certain way because that's how we've been taught and that's how we, we've done or we saw a colleague or a friend do it and we thought, oh, okay, that looks good. I'll do it that way. So you have to stop and think and analyze not only what you're eating, why you're eating, where you're eating, when you're eating, how much you're eating, and, and keep track of it. And then you start seeing patterns. And when you start seeing those patterns, mm. then you can start making changes. And it's just small adjustments. It doesn't have to be extreme. And um, Charles Duhigg talks about the power of habit. He talks about a keystone habit, which is one habit that will have a ripple effect. So if someone just changed to drinking more pure water as opposed to soda or diet soda or fruit juices, and they give it enough time, they'll start seeing noticeable results. Mm. Um, there's a lot of myths out there. A lot of people think they need to exercise to lose weight. It's not true. Exercise is very important for overall health and fitness. It's not important for weight loss. And one of the examples I used is the biggest loser. 66% of their contestants gained all their weight back. Oh, that's a sad. Lot of gain, a lot of the weight back. And again, it's not sustainable to be exercising three, four hours a day. Um, you have, you know, family and work obligations. So it's do things gradually. Take your time and you'll start seeing you'll make noticeable changes. Uh, I have one friend of mine from law school reached out to me, said he lost 20 pounds simply by eliminating sugar. Wow. That's that's amazing. I think we eat a lot more sugar than we realize. So that was probably a huge amount of calories that, that they were cutting out without even maybe knowing it. Yeah, again, we're making a choice. Mm -hmm. If you keep it positive as to, oh, I wish I could have this as to, I choose not to. Yeah, I like I like the attitude focus. It, I think it'll go a long way to help you. And then, then you're part of a really cool club of people, you know, who are really taking care of themselves, so... Yeah, plus you get to live longer and not have the health expenses. And yeah. Not have to be on medications, you know, and, and other things. And um, for me, I I want to be live as long as possible, over 100. Mm -hmm. And not just exist to, you know, be there, but to, you know, have the mental clarity and have the physical ability to do different things and participate. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, the younger people will say, you know, 75, 80, I'm out. I don't, I don't want to live long. Like you just don't understand how you could still have a couple more decades after that and, and be good and be healthy. And, you know, maybe you're not going to run a marathon, but you can still do a lot of things and you might very well run a marathon. It just might take you longer, but you can, if you take good care of yourself, you can have a couple decades of really wonderful life after that. So why, why check out exactly. early if you don't need to? Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And so it's it's a matter of attitude and philosophy and yeah. what you feel, you know, um, it's just. All right. 
things like that. Well, I'd like to thank you for coming on the program. I learned a lot from you, and I want people to know they can find you at antidietadvocate.com, and I will have the link there so that you can go see him, and they can can they write to you there? Is there a way to contact you on your website? Sure. Okay. Uh, they can reach me there, and they can also reach me at davidmedansky at gmail.com. It's my first and last name. Okay. And Medansky is like three words, me, M-E, Dan, D-A-N, Sky, S-K-Y. Okay, at gmail.com. And um, are you taking on clients? New clients? Yes. Okay, good. And I'm also ha- happy to answer questions. If people have a, you know, send me an email, they can do that. My phone number is on the website. They can call me. Okay. Um, I'm always happy to talk to people and, and uh, give some suggestions and guidance. Okay. Well, you've walked the walk, so that that's pretty cool. I understand the frustrations that people go through. Again, I was overweight for over eight years. Uh, I procrastinated, made the excuses. and So I, I understand what people go through mm-hmm. so I can relate and sympathize yeah, with them. Yeah, that's helpful as opposed to somebody who just took some classes and hasn't been through the struggle because it is it, it Or is someone hard. who's always been thin Yeah, understood, you know. It's different. What it means to be addicted to food because food is addicting. Yeah. And, and so I might call myself a chocolate cause I'm addicted to the chocolate. Um, same thing with the Pringles and the M&Ms and the Hershey and mm. the Snickers bars. I treat it as if I'm an alcoholic. I'm not allowed to have a drink. I'm not an alcoholic, but alcoholics are not allowed to have a drink because if they do, they won't stop. Right. Right. And that's how I treat the food. If I eat these certain foods, I know I won't stop. Yeah. No, it's good to know all that. So um, to know yourself, to make it easier for yourself to be successful. So exactly. Good. All right. And then the book, uh, Break the Chains of Dieting, mm-hmm. is recommended and endorsed by Jack Canfield, co-author oh, of Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, and it's also won eight awards so far. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And it's av- available on Amazon. Okay, I will have the links for your books as well um, so people can check them out. Sometimes people, they just need something like that, you know, a book to help guide them and yeah, to refer to. If you lose two, three, four pounds a month. That's it. About a week. Mm, okay. That's it. You know, a year from now, you're going to be happy that you did it. And the biggest regret most people have about not losing weight is not starting a year earlier. Yeah. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, I would like to thank you for your time today. You're quite a success story. And uh, good luck on your walk. Uh, up oh, your you. walk, your hike up Mount Kilimanjaro. That's pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm excited. That's about nice that. that you can do that. You you know you worked hard to get there. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you learned something, and I hope you enjoyed listening to my guest. If you know somebody who you think would make a great guest on the show, would you please contact me? You can go to my website at retirement purposecoach.com and go down to the contact me section and let me know who I should be talking to. Also, if you are in need of a retirement coach yourself, you'd like some help figuring out what your path is or where you're supposed to be going every day with your life, you can contact me there and set up a free 15 to 20 minute consultation. I'd love to talk to you. Have a great day.